Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Not sure what time zone everyone's in. Um, but I know when I'm recording this, it is afternoon, even though this is technically my morning. This is the earliest in the day I've actually ever recorded a podcast episode, because usually I have podcast episode ideas in the wake of nighttime. But that's fine. So, um, yeah, like, what what can I talk about today? I'm your host, Soggy Socky. Soggy Socks. I don't even take my name seriously. Um, before I actually get started, shout out to, um, Charlie. Okay? I'm just gonna say that. No other context. That's all I'm gonna say. And if I hear something about it later, I'll know. I'll know you've listened to the episode. I'm sipping on my coffee. I, um felt in the mood to have a coffee and the sun is out it's beautiful i i don't think i've seen the sun shine brighter and the sky more clear after 20 centimeters of snow last night anywhere else other than my beautiful country canada so it was really gorgeous i'm just looking out the window sorry if like my audio is a little weird. I'm just, I just can't stop staring. You know, there's something about being so drained about the, the like darkness of winter. Like I love winter. I think winter is a very beautiful and elegant season, but there's nothing that beats really the sun, the sun on your skin, just seeing it, it coming through your windows. It's just really nice. I don't know. I'm just having a, like a really nice and cozy, afternoon here um although in some some places people would consider my afternoon um to be the evening but nonetheless I'm getting a really great amount of sun through my windows and I live in a basement apartment so so today I have um a couple of things to talk about um like I got up this morning and I was like hmm I got up this afternoon, actually, and I was like, what am I doing today? Well, you know, there's still 20, even though the sun is out, there's still 20 centimeters of snow that's being cleared out. As much as the plows were working their ass off, unfortunately, my apartment building and with my superintendents being 100 years old, um, not that being 100 years old is the exact problem, but their physicality... It really um, takes a lot for them to get out the snowblower and the shovels and shovel things, which I, I still don't understand why they just don't hire someone or at least get new superintendents because, well, I get why they don't want new superintendents, but they should definitely consider like getting like someone to clear the driveway because you want rent on time. Well, you're going to have to clear the driveway us because we all have work so the the maintenance is part of our contract of course and I would help if they weren't assholes I genuinely have offered before when I used to like enjoy speaking with them but because they became such toxic people and they're very drama centered dismissive rude people even though they like to tell 
everyone that they're very Christian and, you know, nice and whatever. And this narrative that they're good people and they work hard so they don't understand why everyone's so mean to them. I just don't understand why no one sees eye to eye with me. I'm just, you know, a nice old lady that doesn't talk shit about people all the time in front of them or give them side eye or tell them they can't throw out garbage or tell them they can't put their car over here or they can't do things like over here. I know the car thing, okay. The car thing actually never happened, but I mean like just stupid things like she'll watch you on the CCTV cameras and like will they'll like come and like tell you things when you're like doing laundry or something like they'll just watch when you come out of your apartment so instead of leaving a note like a normal human being or you know knocking on the door of the tenant because you know the tenant is probably home I mean the very least is since you check the CCTV cameras you could probably just see when we're home but I suppose that goes too far so you have to check when we're actually like leaving about to leave and interrupt us especially if we're running late for some reason that tends to be the case or you like to come to the laundry room and um you know bother us with your inconveniences that we've done for example like throwing out the garbage at 9 p.m yeah or doing laundry at 9 p.m yeah Um, I don't know if they fucking realize something, but I actually, uh, work a night shift in order to pay my rent and side jobs on the weekend. So my schedule goes by what I can do. If I have to do things in the evening, it's when I'm going to have to do them. I'm not going to sacrifice my sleep for the sake of their convenience. Also, we're able to use the laundry room from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So, you know, just this, these little things that are very, very annoying and like they talk so much smack. They sit right outside of my window. They have like this lovely little swing set where they invite everyone um, that is their age. Like they have a sister. The superintendents have family in this building. So they go and they sit there and they just talk all kinds of nonsense with each other about things. Sorry, I burped there. I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that. I'm going to leave that in. Because I feel like that's fun. But anyways, um, it's the it's the caffeine. It's the first thing like I'm putting inside of my body and my I don't know if that's a good thing. So um yeah. I just find that it's really annoying when I have to deal with these things. And because I went through such a hard patch and they're super nosy people, a lot of people were talking about my business when they didn't know my business. And that made me super um, anxious and afraid to even talk to anyone or, like, go outside for a long time. Hence the reason my apartment is actually in the state that it's in, like, for the most part. Um, Being told you can't throw out things because it's too much or they don't like what you're throwing out in the bin, so it's got to go on the curb. I mean, if it fits in the bin... Okay, and this is a huge bin, right? I've lived in many apartments, and the rule is usually if it fits in the bin, it's not a hazardous chemical, uh, um, and it's not something that is like like you can't break down. It can go in the bin. It can go in there. But so I'm not sure why it's such a big deal 
for them. Like, you know, I had like this table. I was just going to break it down and put it in there. I've seen lots of people do this. They put it in. When I lived at home, we did this, you know, it's just how you do things, I guess. But, you know, they um, will go all the way as to like make a big scene out of things. And it's one thing if you don't want me to do it. Okay, but it's another thing to expect me to ask permission for something I didn't even know I had to ask permission for and then come and harass me by like stopping me, like literally blocking my exit instead of just talking to me, you know, calmly just being, hey, you know what? That's not how we do things here. Um, or, you know, even if you're a little upset, that's fine. But, you know, you don't have to physically block or get really aggressive in my face about things, you know, and say like, oh, well, you just can't do that. So you need to stop. You need to stop. And like the it's I think it's the tone of voice. It's the way that they like I get talked down to like she's my fucking like third grade teacher. Chill. Listen, chill. Like I know that it's really hard to respect people because you've been probably looked down your whole life. So you think I'm finally old enough to like talk down to the youth, but it's really not, it's really not how it works. I think that the older generation sometimes, especially they always forget. And I'm talking about boomers. My father is a boomer. Um, they always forget that human beings are human beings, regardless of your age. It's it's a human being you're talking to at the end of the day. And if I'm providing you with your fucking pay to stay in your stupid ass apartment above me, where you use your loud ass vacuum at all sorts of hours of the day, then I don't think it's a problem to talk to me like a human being. I just I don't I don't I don't think it's a problem. So um yeah yeah. I, I want to stay here, but I'm also considering just for the sake of my anxiety to move. I really enjoy living here. It's just like there's a lot of bugs that come through this window and there's so much maintenance requests that I have and they're not being um, said because I'm so anxious about them even coming to my apartment. So I really got to fix something. So I've got to compromise with myself because I am looking to move nonetheless. I would like to leave in general, like just not live here. Um... Perhaps I'll live closer to work since work is like an hour away and um, do that for a little bit. But I'm also thinking to myself, well, if I don't move to where I like I'm working, well, why don't I just completely change up the game and just move somewhere completely different? I don't know. I'm super ambitious like that. And it's a bit of a problem sometimes, especially with the money thing. But I would like to also... Um, get a part-time job on the weekends. Again, that's more like solid. So I don't mean like doing the Instacart stuff that I've been doing or like Uber Eats or whatever, because it's actually been really inconsistent these days, especially with weather as well. Like your mobility is a risk factor. And as much as I need the money, I also know that if I get into a car accident, whether it's small or big, affording on a $330 insurance that I have and it increasing the premium because I get into an accident just doesn't seem like a great idea to me and I'd rather not risk it because the implications can have a way harsher effect on me. I mean, if I wasn't in so much debt, then I would like be like, okay, well, I need the money. So, you know, I'm going to go for it. But um, I need the money in a way that, like, I know is consistent to me and, like, 
let's say like there's a snow day or something like that, I know that I can make up those hours. I know that it's a job. I can make up those hours. Um, whether I do Instacart on like those off days, but winter is almost done. So I guess like really there's just a couple more things on my break from streaming. Um, it will change the way that I stream as well, which is really sad, but it has to happen. I mean, I, I have a real life (laughs) that I care about and I want to be successful in this life that I'm building for myself and I want to try all these things and I'm I'm really getting out of my funk. Um I like I'm really trying my best. It's weird because like in winter I'm like getting out of like the darkest place that I kind of was since a while. Um I compare this time a lot to when I was 13 because it feels very similar. I think the 13-year-old in me and the 23-year-old in me are, like, meeting for the first time. And we have a lot of heartache and heartbreak from a lot of the things that happen with my family, especially, and friendships that I've had throughout the years. So I'm really, like, seeing that there's um, a bridge that has been created between the young me and the me now. I mean, the me now is still young. I'm still young and I know that I'm young. I'm very aware that I'm young. But I also know that the amount of things that I've gone through has been tremendously affecting the development of myself as a person. So I feel like there's a lot of substance to me over the years that I've gained like a lot of knowledge a lot of responsibility a lot of mistakes especially a lot of failures um yeah I'm just it's just been a lot and I think I think most people feel this way as well I, I think when you get to your 20s and again I'm in just in the beginning stages of my 20s you are pulled in so many different directions you're trying to focus on one line to be career oriented you're trying to also focus on your finances because you know it does matter at this point in time you can no longer go to the club and buy a hundred dollars worth of bottle service or shots for everyone and the boys or afford to go and eat out every week and hang out and do stuff and like just live laugh have fun and yolo it Like, you can't do those things anymore. And shout out to my 99ers, because I'm a 99 baby. I don't know why, but I I feel like I'm really proud of the year I'm born in a lot of the time. Like, I get really proud of it. Because I I think that there's a lot of creatives born in my year. And not to say that there's not a lot of creatives born every year. I just feel like, you know, I I get really proud. I just want to say that. I mean, technically, this year is our year. Year of the rabbit. Um... So, you know, I, I I get really proud. So, like, when I see someone doing something who's my age and they have gone through a lot of hardships and they've made things work and they're on their path, I get really, really excited for them. And I want to see that for myself. I want to get excited for myself to see where I'm going. Um, I think I'm heading into a direction where it's becoming a little bit, like weird because I am not versed in social media or anything like that. 
so I'm <laughs> I have like two followers um on most things and so I think learning about social media is actually another thing I would like to do during this hiatus and learn how to I guess build whatever the brand this is I don't know what this is but I I also don't want I don't like these boxes of it being a brand as well. I, I like to think that I'm just doing this for fun. I like it to reach more people for the purpose of just it reaching more people. And that's just to move them, inspire them to do things, to speak their voice when they think that it's not heard, get creative, build the life you want on the weekends, work during the week, do the life you want. Um, have fun, get angry, get upset, just be, like, just be. I want people to really, like, learn that it's okay to not get along with everyone else, but, um, and this is a perfect segue into something I did want to talk about was coexistence. I am always on Instagram, I'm finding topics for the podcast that come into mind or I'm thinking of things. And like, I have a lot planned, just not enough execution for the podcast per se, but that's just a side note. I have this thing where I see a lot of people say, I just coexist with other people. I don't care what people do and just coexist. I'm someone who says this a lot as well and I'm guilty of it. And I don't say it with enough purpose and intention that I think is needed to actually live in a coexistence kind of world. Um, I, I think that people think that when you are coexisting, you're not hurting anyone with your opinion. You're not harming anyone when you speak your truth or you go anywhere. But that's just not the case. I mean, people wouldn't get upset about radical views if it didn't hurt another radical viewer it didn't hurt a person in a way like people get upset because they feel things emotionally towards the hot air coming out of your freaking mouth and um i was in like on this post about again i i, I don't want to shit on america okay listen okay i feel like i shit on america a lot most of it i hope is taken as a joke I, I actually do think that every from, everyone from America is completely different in their views. I don't think all Americans are going to be horrible people. But I do find it a little bit funny when they do get upset or they do act very stoic or patriarchal. Pa- 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 what's the word? The word is patriotism. That's what the word was. Patriotism. Um... I don't mind patriotism. I think it's what makes, uh, at the same time, a country very strong and united. But it also can conquer and divide. And people, a lot of people are saying in the comments, like, coexistence, I let the right do what they want and the left do what they want. But when it comes to voting, I vote and I'm very vocal about it. And I let other people coexist with their views and whatever, um... But coexistence does not mean that you are settling and letting other people just talk all kinds of nonsense that hurts others or hurts their peace of life. It's um, 
not even about on the level of politics or America. It's on the level of just human being, human nature. I think, like, you offering an opinion that hurts someone's peace and you act on it as well, which is the key here, like, the key difference here is you're not just thinking these things, you act upon them. For example, like the laws for abortion. A lot of people, this disturbs their peace. This is not something that is for everyone. It's a very hard topic because it disturbs peace a lot for people. And I I don't think people understand this, that there will never be a, a very common agreement that will last forever. There will always be something that becomes at least <clears throat> commonly known as a good agreement. And then over time, views and politics and what's needed for society change. What is considered religious um, motivation might drop. Like religion might not have any influence at some point. And, uh, you know, at the state in which the world is, uh, religion still has a lot of power and influence over people's mindsets and how they act in society. So that being said, um, I just find that it's entertaining for other people to get really upset and heated about things to the point where... It takes up their whole life, and I know that a lot of people are like, I'm just coexisting with other people, but you have to you have to also learn when to shed these views and stop making it so personal about everything. I mean, at the end of the day, what matters is today. I mean, we're not preparing in the Americas, at least, to go into a war. Okay, we're not faced with a lot of the political tensions like other places in the world right now. And it's really unfortunate because there are people going through it. And so we should support them that are having the, their voices stripped away and taken away like in Iran and in um, Ukraine as well, in parts of South Asia, East Asia, there is so much happening, Africa, South Africa. I know there's some stuff going on there as well. Um, Nigeria, there are elections going on. I'm not well-versed in politics all over the world, but I have a lot of friends from different communities, different backgrounds. And coexisting means I put away, at least this is what it means for me, okay? And it means that I put away some of the views that I have and opinions I've grown up with. And I meet people halfway, start to understand why they would think that things are the way that they are or why they do things the way that they do. And actually, my little brother, um, really, like, his philosophical view lately has been really um, eye-opening and intriguing to listen to. And he, he had this, like, thing where he told me, like, you know, I just like to pick people's brains. I find it's very, um, what do you call it? What's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. It's very, I'm, I'm just gonna pluck something out here. I guess, like, 
it influences him a lot in the way that he thinks and understands things more. It supplements what he already knows he knows and develops a more, I wouldn't say educated, but yeah, I guess you could say that, a more educated um, kind of perspective on things. It makes you adapt to certain situations, maybe even um, come to understand more people from one person. And that goes to show the open-mindedness of what it takes to coexist. Coexistence isn't being stuck in your ways necessarily. And then um, calling that open-mindedness and coexistence, um, because it's not. Uh, Being in coexistence means meeting people halfway and allowing your views to actually be there, be present, but also knowing when to step down and take a, a look back at things and review them. And I find that happens a lot, especially in in all parts of your life, especially with me and like the landlords and superintendents. And I get really upset talking about it and really angry and anxious. And I just realized something like they're they're just people. They're just people. I, I don't know what it is that I'm giving them so much power over me. And I never really understood this when people are like, stop giving people power. I'm like, I'm not giving people power. I'm just upset. And I I think that for once in my life, I actually understand this. Like, I'm giving them so much power to judge me. I'm I'm not only letting them do the judgment that already occurs in general from people, but I'm amplifying it even more so by being upset and angry and anxious and giving them something to um, actually get upset about me for with my actions and how upset that I... Um, come across and genuinely they're just fucking up like at the end of the day what's happening is that their actions are really not the kind that I align with it's just not what I'm aligning with I don't appreciate the way that they're doing things but I know that they have to do them they have to come into my apartment at some point they have to see the damage that's done by their um apparently renovations quote-unquote I mean they've they painted over smoke on the ceiling and so it started you know like the yellow I google it and did some research on it it's the yellow stuff that I'm seeing in my shower room is actually just like old like someone smoked in here before and so it's seeping through which is really gross um through the paint and you know these are like things that I don't control this is not me doing them this is them having so much shit wrong with this place and I don't like when they come in here and they throw my dishes all over the floor or they take stuff and they put it all over my kitchen counters like they take stuff from the floor and then put it all over my kitchen counters or they stop me and tell me I can't throw stuff out or they start talking about me outside and talking about my personal familial business when my father was staying here, or they start asking my guests what their business is doing here. Even though this is a private apartment, I don't share it with anyone. This is private. It's my own apartment. I paid first and last month's rent. I have tenant insurance. You know, I have all the correct things. This is a legal basement apartment as far as I'm concerned, when I called bylaw. So, you know, the these are things that are definitely not in the line of view that I like, but that's pretty much what it is. And I don't, I don't think that I can't not get upset about it. I can, 
I can be very upset about this stuff, but I think where the, the thing lies is I need to learn to coexist with them. I need to stop allowing my hatred to stop me from doing things. Like, you know what? I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, they're just other human beings. The worst thing that they could do is actually hurt me physically. Like, literally. I think about a lot of the things that they could do. They could try to evict me. They could try to do all kinds of things like that. Those things, even even now, like, I think about, it's like, the worst thing is I move out. Like, really, like, in most scenarios, what the landlord will want is me to just move the fuck out. And in most scenarios, the, the positive solution for me, if I'm unhappy, is just to move the fuck out. You know? Um... I'm not completely unsatisfied with where I'm living. I just think that we need to coexist in a way that they can also meet me halfway. And that's what's the upsetting part. It's the part that does get me going a bit. And it's the part that hurts me a lot. And and like, you know, I hear myself in these emails being very curt and, and straight and and like, you know, borderline rude with them. And that's only because like, I feel like I have taken a lot of them giving it back. So I give it back. And, you know, it's never great to fight fire with fire. And actually today when I sent the email, I I was like, oh, I shouldn't have sent that. But, you know, genuinely, I think moving forward, I'm going to be a little more mindful on how I take it. And kindness does kill. I'm not going to be out of my way and offer them a coffee or like be super, super like inviting or whatever. Like I'm going to stick to my boundaries. I don't like having them in my apartment when they're alone because they tend to do things that are upsetting to my space. Second, I don't like the way that they talk to me. So if they do talk to me in any form that is disrespectful, I will make sure that it's known. I'll be, I will be sure to tell them, hey, I don't like the way that you're talking you're going to have to come back. You're going to have to leave the apartment and come back when you can talk to me a little bit more appropriately. Like if it goes that far, I'm sure it won't go that far. I think like at the end of the day, I'm just not going to say anything, you know, like if they say something disrespectful, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to write it out in emails. I'm going to keep sending these to them. I know that they don't respond ever, but if my superintendent says something, at least I have a paper trail. You know, it's being an over communicator which is always a good thing, but knowing when to regulate your emotions is also an impressive thing. It's not something that everyone has, and a lot of people want to coexist, want to be a good communicator, want to be a good person, like, you know, be not be a bad person, have good views, be open-minded. A lot of people want these things, but at the end of the day, we're not going to be perfect. No one's going to have the perfect balance between everything. You just have to learn that in each situation, when is it appropriate to pull back your view? In my case, with my superintendents and landlords, yes, there's a lot of things that upset me, but I need to pull back on the rudeness and the curtness because it's just not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work in a way that is going to enrich my life more. It's not going to be something that helps me in the long run. It's going to be something that diminishes my whole being. It's not how I want to behave. I, I I hate it also. I hate getting upset. You know, I get so angry when I leave and I see them in the window or I see them looking at me and whatever. And like, you know what? I just need to embrace the fact that like, they're going to look. They have eyes. They're allowed to use their eyes for whatever they want. 
They're going to talk because they have mouths and so they're going to talk. They're going to use their authority because they do have somewhat authority, right? They're the superintendents. They're going to do things. The landlords as well. They're going to be assholes when they're assholes because, you know, that's what, how they would like to behave. I'm not their parent and I don't want them to treat me like their kid either. You know, none of, none of them have parental things. There's a fine line here. You know, the intention for them is that they're coming on as if they're being parental like figures um, disciplining me. I pay your rent, okay? Pay your rent. Not all the time on time, but life happens, okay? But it's more so about like you just being a little bit human about it. I even wrote this in an email once. I said, you know what, I would, I don't mind you talking about my financial situation and creating narratives, but I prefer if you would just be a little bit more human about how you interact with me. Because I'm not just the person that gives you rent. I have a life. I know you have kids. I know you have, I think it's two boys. No, my landlords have two kids. I know that if I'm late on rent, you suffer also. I know that everyone suffers in the long run of things. So, you know, it's not my intention to hurt you. It's like, if I don't have work, if I am feeling unwell, if I'm feeling suicidal, if I'm like, you know, in a lot of pain, I don't have any HR to go to. I don't have any landlord and tenant board to go to. I have to attend to myself. I have to be responsible for myself. And I I think a lot of people forget like responsibility really truly starts with yourself and how you are intentionally moving in life. Anyways, we're getting on a phys- philosophical rant. I was feeling so like happy. I don't know why. Like at the same time, I like talking about things like this, but it, it makes me sad in a sense. Like, you know, I, I even have to talk about shit like this. I like to have fun and um, I was also thinking about this at work and I, I did also want to bring this up is the way that we talk about things. Like I know sometimes again on a serious note, I use big words. I use small words. I use them incorrectly. I use them correctly. I think that my, I've, again, the word intention, take a shot for every time I say attention is more so about it coming across several different audiences over just like the fun like bubbly audience that wants to like be real and down to earth dog and like I could totally do that I could totally like make this about talking like really like you know chill and regular and like a yo like this is how it happens like listen I know a lot of ways to talk the slang slang what I'm saying like I'm from a very shameful area, but I'm from an area that has a lot of mm, slang. So, you know, I can get hip with the times. Also, I'm Gen Z, so what do you want from me? <laughs> but like, you know, I I don't think that it's also wrong of anyone to talk a little bit serious from time to time. I just think that, yeah, it gets, it gets exhausting. Like I'm sitting here thinking about it, like sitting on my coffee. I'm like, fuck man, I'm exhausted from, from even talking about what I just talked about. I think I'm just having a real moment with myself because first of all, I don't, I don't get up and just record an episode. So these are really my morning thoughts, my afternoon thoughts. The sun is setting. I'm feeling a little sad because I kind of wanted to go for a walk. 
but you know, I, I guess they thrive the best at nighttime. Suppose I could, could still go outside. Someone just slipped a note under my door as well, like saying like, no parking in blah, 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 spot number three. And I'm like, bro, first of all, I don't drive the color of car you are suggesting. But I have to say, like, it is annoying that I get all these notes sent to me because no one really knows me in this apartment building, I'm pretty sure, despite me living here for three years now. But the thing is, is, like, I wish people would stop. Stop involving me. I don't care. You know what? There's no assigned parking in this building, and I don't know why this person is saying they have an assigned parking spot. They need to relax, okay? It was originally my parking spot. Their parking spot they're talking about is my parking spot, literally. (laughs) It was my parking spot, and I moved. I didn't care. I was like, okay, there's no assigned, but the reason that I parked in that spot was because my car got keyed. A long time ago here when I first moved into my apartment so my car got keyed and the landlord and superintendents were like okay to solve the problem for you to park in front of the actual cameras and make sure that we're watching and we can get video evidence that's more clear even though the evidence before was clear enough and um you know, in, in that stead, I took it upon myself to just park near the, the front door on the other side where the camera was because, you know what, that's non-negotiable for me. My car got damaged on this property at this apartment. It messed a lot with my peace of living here. I was a really, 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 really upset because my tire also got popped um, too. Like, I felt like my tar- my car was my tar. My car was getting really targeted for some reason. And I think it had something to do with the fact that it was like brand new. Like it was like not brand new, but like, you know, it was fresh from the lot. And it was really upsetting. Like, like it upset me because I worked really hard to purchase this car. And it was the first big purchase I've ever made. You know, I was 20 when I bought my first vehicle from the dealership like other than that my first ever car I've only had two cars my first ever car was paid in full by my parents thank you bless you it was seven hundred dollars it's like eight or sorry eight hundred dollars imagine that you can't get a car for eight hundred dollars these days but my car was eight hundred dollars my dad really like did a lot for me and the maintenance fees were really low and everything like that. Now I really pay for it. And that's why I beat myself up about it too. Because like, you know, at the time, even though I was financially ready, I didn't think ahead in the long run. And, you know, this is another conversation I have to have with myself a lot is like, how am I going to work down, whittle my way down to a, a balanced financial situation? Obviously, the first... <laughs> first answer would be make more money. Um, But realistically, what I have to do is I have to manage my debt in a way that works currently until I can supplement with the extra money because I'm learning a lot of the time now that there's actually a lot of negotiation that you can do when you are in debt because actually they kind of understand and not a lot of people want to pay their debt. So if you can reach out to them, they will make some sort of um, exceptions for you 
and, and help you out in a way that works. So, you know, like not all of them are going to come and kill you. I mean, I don't know what kind of debt people have, but I don't have the kind that's like super scary. It's just super scary if I ever want to buy a home or I have an accident and I need money like right away. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things I got to do taxes. I got to do financial advising. I've got to go get certificates for things. I need to figure out a lot of crap and it's a, it's a balancing act. I think my head wants to explode again, but not for the reasons as before where I was just stressed out with the feeling of loneliness and despair. I mean, I still have those, you know, I can't lie and say depression went away fully, but it's definitely minimized and in a place where I can put it in a pocket for a little bit. And then like it comes out at night sometimes and I feel really like upset out of nowhere and lonely and I'm not regulated with my uh, emotions and feelings as much as I, I can cope with it throughout the day. So, you know, and like with this layoff at my workplace, I and I, my heart really goes to the people that it laid off. And I think, thank God I got hired on permanently at my workplace because I would be in their situation where I'd be laid off for six weeks and I really wouldn't know what to do with myself. Like, so I'm really thankful. I'm, I, but I also, my heart goes to people and I really like one day if I ever came into money for real, and, uh, like, I, I really would like to do this. I'd like to do something. I don't know how logistically it would work, but I'd love to do, like, a GoFundMe kind of thing for, like, people who get laid off. Not EI. I know EI is a thing here. But people, like, that, you know, they, they suddenly need money. And, like, if I could do, like, a minimum, like, $1,000, like, I can, I can just give them like a bursary or like a like a scholarship I suppose and like people could just get that like if I had a lot of money like I would just do that like you know give a thousand dollars I mean it could be a one-time thing kind of thing one time you're entitled to a thousand dollars that's it like a million dollars in the bank and you do a thousand dollars like you know and like it just supplements on people's donation people who who might have money who are upper middle class that could help another brother out, you know, whether it's $500, $300, you know, like these things go a lot, a long way. And like for me, for example, I have a thousand dollars in debt in one credit card. It would really help minimize the payments. And I think what would even work better, I think I'm just spitting my idea here, but like, I'll just put it, you know, maybe someone can cre also create it one day for the right reasons. I hope not for the bad reasons. But, like, you know, with crowdfunding and everything, but also if I had my own money, like, you know, I could match, right? Like, I could do, like, $500 in donations and then 500 and, like, w like, with me, like, putting that money in there. And, like, it would just be an application process and then people could get the money and, like, it would really help with things like rent or, like, um, sudden like death or something like that like it would just really help curb those costs or like you need a prescription really badly and like that would really help and it could be a one-time deal you you like do that and then um what would happen is that um I don't know I don't know I it just is something I thought about like there's logistically there's something out there you could do for other people and 
that's something I would want to do. I don't know. At some point, if I ever found myself successful in a place where I'm comfortable to do that, I would want to. I'd want to share my wealth with other people because it's important for me, first of all, not to be taken advantage of, but to also like make sure that other people are taken care of. Because when you are in a position of like higher standing, I think it's important to take care of the the people and the path that you walk down. You know, you're going to be born into money, but it's very unlikely. So a lot of people, majority of the time are not, and they walk these roads and sometimes they walk them and they never see an end to them. And it would just be really great if I think the mindset of the upper class could be a little bit more open to helping others instead of thinking like it's just you. I know the wealth, the wealthy stay wealthy because they kind of keep these things to themselves. They have taxes to pay. I get it. They're unheard of. And there's a lot of things that wealthy people actually do have to go through that make them have not only a social standing, but can detrimentally hurt their debt. I mean, sorry, not their debt, but their financial situation, you know. And um, I'm sure that's a world that I don't even really, really know. I just am kind of grasping at things I've seen. But I I think it has something to be said, really, like, that um, there are people in need, they get laid off, like my workplace does. And I'm not saying I would supplement them, but, like, you know, if they really needed it, someone can nominate them, then they can get their, their bursary, a one-time bursary in their life. And it would just be something to really get them back on their feet. Oh, that was the thing I wanted to add. Like, once they get it, they have to take a financial literacy, like, thing. You know, they have to be financially liter- literate. You have to understand, how did you get into that debt? Like, how does that work? I think it would be a really amazing thing for the community to understand the capitalism society that we created. <laughs> I think it would be really good. But anyways, um, that's just my idea. You know, I have lots of great ideas like that to help people. I just don't have money to do it. Um, I like to, I like this idea of GoFundMes. I started one for a coworker, and it was, uh, I would say pretty successful for as short of a period it was and how small of a group it was. I, her father had passed away in India and I know that how hard that is. Like, and I didn't talk about it. It happened actually a couple months ago now that her father passed away. But, um, you know, when we did that, I had asked because at my other workplace, I know that the community was a little stronger. So I thought, okay, what about here? I feel like there's a little bit of a separation between people, especially ethnicity wise, unfortunately. But, you know, she's from, she's from India. Her father was from India. I think some viewers can relate to this as well. If you're an immigrant and you have family that's overseas And I don't, I don't have any family that I'm super close with that would be overseas, but I understand what it would feel like to lose someone and never be able to see them again. I understand that feeling because of the situation I'm in. And I understand that one day if I keep my distance the way that I am, 
there could there could be something that happens to my dad or my brother and I, if I can't be there with them it will break me it will break me apart and I dread that but I understand that it's a very very likely possibility because I need my space as well and I need my peace but in their case they don't have that luxury they had to come to Canada they had to do these things They had to uh, get their PR. They needed to build their family. They were told by their family to do it. They are refugees. Their country is making them do it. Their situation, religion, you know, like things that are out of your choice. The financial thing, too, is if you come to Canada and you don't have money because you're working all the time, even if back home they think you're rich, You don't have money for a $2,000 plane ticket to India. You just don't. You don't, you don't have it suddenly appear for you because you need it. It's, it's not how life works, unfortunately. And a lot of people don't have rainy day savings. And I know it's easy to sit there and, and criticize and be like, how can you not have a savings? You know, people need to start saving and spend less. I mean, you know, here's the thing. When you come to a country like this, you want to try your best to match the luxury of the other people around you because you don't fit in. You feel like you don't fit in at the very least. And I understand this, especially because growing up in an immigrant family, we did a lot to make up for what we lacked in Canadian-wise. We tried a lot to look like we were normal, have the normal name brands, have this in our home. Even I was obsessed with like, Why does our kitchen look like that? Why are we so messy? Why don't we have name brand things? Why isn't our fridge Maytag or Samsung? You know, why is it like this like off brand from the garbage bin? Like, you know, like my dad, he used to upcycle everything in our home. Everything was upcycled and I couldn't stand it. I was a very spoiled outlook. Like it really bothers me sometimes that I even was like that, but I think some of that was from my mom because she really struggled a lot with trying to fit in society. And as much as I hate her, I understand her also. And I get that it's very hurt, like it hurts you to not ever fit in anywhere. Even in the Philippines, she never fit in anywhere. And and, and that breaks my heart that like she never can fit in anywhere. And um, also here in Canada, you know, like trying to look good, always wearing makeup 24-7. The only time you're wearing not wearing makeup is when you go to bed. Even when you wake up, you have to wear makeup, put on the powder, put on the creams, all that stuff. Like, I know that it's really difficult. And going back to, like, the coexistence thing, it's like, you know, you're trying to coexist, right? But then a lot of people are trying to melt you down and, and bring you to the Canadian ideal standards or at least what they thought were the ideal standards and I think the 90s and the 2000s were a very superficial kind of era in time especially the 2000s I think it was super superficial I mean with all this reality tv shows seeing like the surge of of media coverage and what it means to be like successful and beautiful had a lot of influence as well and when I was growing up And so, um, we did this GoFundMe anyways. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but I mean, this is GoFundMe. And for all these reasons that I'm talking about is the reason I did it. And I really love this coworker. I think she's a very beautiful and genuine person inside and out. 
she really tries her best to make others smile, even though I can see on her face she's not having an easy time. Her husband almost died from liver failure a couple months ago and um you know she was just like recovering from that the stress of having to be the only one working financially you know she's working my job we only make 22 dollars an hour which is a lot for some people you know um but 22 dollars an hour and you have uh two kids you have two kids one's going to college you have a husband you have to pay his um pills, you know, not all of them can be covered. She just got hired on to her workplace. Benefits didn't start kicking in until literally like a, a couple weeks ago for her. So even while she was going through it, she had no benefits to help. Any any special appointments he had probably weren't covered. And even her kids, right, they had to not get their dental, can't do this, you know, it's limited, you know, the only thing that she can really do is get food for them. I can see, like, she really, like, ha- puts a lot of heart and soul into making other fe- others feel welcomed, and, you know, I, it really broke my heart to see her, like, crying every single day, like, missing her dad, having to come into work a few days later, afraid she's gonna get fired because if she misses another day of work, and I think, like, that's a, a fear a lot of the time is messing up, especially when you're an immigrant, because anything is a ticket out of here. You know, you work so hard, you just don't want to lose it. Everything feels like a threat. And I, I really wish I could understand that feeling and, and really get with it. Unfortunately, like, I don't have that experience. Maybe one day I will. But um, I, I can't stress that enough that I can feel, like, I can feel that it, it causes a lot of distress and pain. So when her, her dad passed away, we ended up raising, I think, um, 400 was it $400 or $300? I, I'd have to check, but we raised, at first, like, it was, like, $250, and um, I think it was $310, but to me, it was very successful. It was a very successful um, community outreach that we did with our small team and really like the the staff that I work with, like it we're really a small team, to be honest, there's only really 10 of us that are actually hired on and the rest are all temps, but like even the temps kind of pitched into this and like we had a card and everyone signed it. And, you know, even if people couldn't pitch in the card, the words of warmth to help her, especially because when you're in a country like this, you know, family, as far as I know, for a lot of my uh, friends from India, um, a lot of them are from Punjab, um, Delhi, um, Gujarati, um, like they or Gujarat, I, I suppose. Sorry, but like you know, like a lot of people, their best friends are family. I find like you know when I talk to a lot of them, family is their friends. It's their core it's their strength and i i hurts me a lot that she lost her father um suddenly and like it wasn't known it was a heart attack and that happens to a lot of people so you know i'm i'm really proud of our community coming in and helping and uh, you know like it was a lot of temps but there were a lot of like people who weren't from her ethnic background that contributed and 
it was a great thing. I think more people need to do things like that. I'm a huge fan of crowdfunding. I think I'll do more things like that in the future. I like to do something else for another coworker who has a kid who is diabetic and has been struggling a lot and ending up in the hospital because of liver failure and she's being laid off um, as well. I think actually, uh, no, actually I think they are letting her back in um, because she explained her situation. So like she was a strong candidate. Also, she's a very hard worker nonetheless, but she, um, she will be coming back. It's just like, you know, last week they lost a lot of hours and I know that she hasn't been sleeping a lot. Um, so, you know, hopefully in the near future, I can do something like that again for work. I am not sure how many people I will have. I think the team is dwindling. You know what? The thing about it is like there's strength in numbers and I don't have that many people that know her also because she is just a temp in our department, which is super small in general compared to the downstairs area. So I I think it will be a little bit of a challenge, but I'd like, I'd like to at least raise like at least a couple, like maybe like just 150 bucks for her, you know, something to help just even a little bit helps. I I don't think again, people really grasp. I know I've seen all these GoFundMes. They're like, oh yeah, we've raised like $10,000 in like one day. And you know, like that's like crowdfunding. It has a powerful effect. Um, but here's the thing, like $150, it does help. It does. It helps with a missed payment on a bill. It helps with the, the medicine. It helps with, you know, knowing like she can miss a day of work. Like what's a day of work? Let me just see here. A day of work for us. Um, this is before taxes. And we work 11 hours. No, we're sorry, we work 10 hours. Or, well, it's 11, but like, wait, it's 10.5, but $220. I mean, it allows her to go home early and like be with her kids, you know? You know? It just, money is the source of a lot of pain, but it can also be the source of a lot of comfort for people. I think it's something that, like, <laughs> I hate to say it, and it, a lot of people might give me shit for this, but I think it gives a lot of balance to the world in a way. Um, I know it's it's weird to think of in that sense, but I, I do believe that it gives some balance to things. I think that it's a way to um, really measure your hard work. Where it gets taken advantage of, of course, is when people are born into wealth or take advantage of it or money launder or you know, but that really shows humanity and how greedy we are. And, you know, we're always on a pursuit to better ourselves, but also put down others. And it it really takes something and to be a mindful person is not something that is, I think, inherently what we're all built with. I don't think it's actually something that we have in all of us. I think it's something we have to work at. It's a, it's like exercising your mind. A lot of us need to work on exercising our brain and developing a wider and broader sense of view for a lot that happens. I've talked about so many topics also <laughs> throughout this podcast and it went on such so like, I don't know, I felt like it was such a serious note, but yeah, 
if you're struggling, um, also I want to share this because I shared it with a couple of other people, but I thought it was so cute. I saw it on Instagram. I'm, I'm turning into an Instagram mom. Okay, I'm not a Facebook mom, but I'm an Instagram mom, I guess. And um, this phone number is actually so cute. So if you are in the States or Canada or Quebec, I suppose, um, you can call this number. And it's 707-873-7862. So that's 707-873-7862. Okay. So you call this number. Okay. And when you're feeling down, they give you a freaking pep talk from kindergartners. And that's so cute. Oh my God. I loved it. I, although it was really demonic, oh my god, it's crazy. Like, listen to this, it sounds so crazy. I'm gonna call so you guys can hear. It's... Hi, welcome to Pep Talk, a public art project by Westside School. Bienvenidos a Pep Talk, un proyecto creado por los estudiantes de Westside School. Para un mensaje feliz, presiona 5. Please listen to the following options for encouraging messages. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press 1. If you need words of encouragement and life advice, press 2. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press 3. If you need to hear kids laughing with delight, press 4. <laughs> to hear how awesome you look, press 6. For bonus pep talk, press 7. Donate, press 0. And I highly recommend For donating. For encouragement in Spanish, press 5. Aw. I mean, I, so I press number 4 to hear kids laughing, okay? God, it's so fucking demonic. I love it. Oh my god, I'm so sorry for the ear rape I just gave everyone. I'm so sorry. But okay, listen. That was hilarious. I it freaking peaks my mic so much on my phone. And let alone the freaking microphone that suffered through that also. But it was so hilarious and made me laugh. And it truly makes me smile also the advice they give. I won't press any of them, but like um I think that if you are, you have a normal phone, okay? You have a normal one. Unlike me, it will it will actually sound cute and wholesome. My little brother did it, and it was pretty cute and wholesome, I would say. So um, I highly encourage you to find beautiful things like that that are so small. See, like, that doesn't cost anything. What a beautiful project. And it really, like, builds community, you know, like, you, we don't even know these little cutie pies, but they're all, like, aw. They're all, like, giving you words of encouragement. And imagine you, like, when you were younger, like, you had such a positive outlook on life. And that's kind of what it reminds me of, is, like, when I was younger, I really did have such a positive outlook. And I really wanted to love other people and express that and show them that it's okay to be sad and whatever. I mean, now I do it, but it's just in a different level. It's just in a different sense of it. I mean, we got to talk through all the hurt as well and the drama of the situation. But, you know, it's just is how life goes. Anyways, I've done enough rambling for today. Um, but yes, if you would like to follow me on um, social media, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitch. Um, you can follow me on... I think that's it. At Soggy Socks for all of them. Um, oh, TikTok. Forgot that one. TikTok, I will... I'm planning on, like, 
releasing some of the videos shortly. I just, you know, I'm just really insecure. And on my last podcast, I'm really insecure. Also, just an update on the race. I don't know what it is. I love Belgium. Belgium is really fighting for their number one listener spot. And the, the person in Belgium that might be just playing my podcast over and over again, I freaking love you. <laughs> I don't know how to say I love you in your language. But yeah, thank you so much. Belgium is really fighting for the, like, between the US and, and Belgium. It's hilarious. Um, I, there's a specific place in the US, though, that is, get, like, that have a lot of Oh, no, 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 it's not. It says not any, not applicable. So it says city, United States of America, not any. Hmm, interesting. I mean, my podcast, I was talking about this. Like, it's very, very small. I don't have many people that listen to it. I would like to build more of a, of a following on my podcast versus Twitch, per se. But I know that I talk about a lot of hard topics. and It's not something that's digestible for a lot. And sometimes I don't even freaking make sense, you know? But there's something to be said about, I think, my um, first episode and my fourth episode. So I'm definitely going to take a listen to them. Um, I find that I, I, interesting because they're the most popular episodes. Um and episode two, friendships and why I suck at them. So also, I've just been, I've been kind of like throwing out episodes as fast as I can, um, just to keep up with the schedule and get a sense of it. I will be more mindful of the content that goes in, and perhaps that's what the problem is. Is like I, I do think that listen and learn, motivation and my dumb mouth. Of course, the first episode. Um, we're really well thought of and edited. And something I don't do anymore is I don't edit my episodes down a lot. If I edit them, it's mostly to take out, like, coughing, sneezing, um, repetitive statements, things like that, you know. I'm trying to have it be more of a real conversation. Of course, like, this is my first time ever talking to people And I don't hear much feedback. Unlike Twitch, I hear lots of feedback. But, like, feel free, again. This is why I'm trying to work on the social media aspect. I'm trying to reach more people. I'm trying to, like, build it. So, you know, I'm happy that my Belgium people from Brussels are listening and liking it, I guess. Very consistent, I'm not gonna lie. With the listens, I always see Brussels, Belgium go up a lot of the time. So thank you, whoever, whomever those are, those people are. It really warms my heart. Um, United States, uh, you know, I've got three different locations though. One is not applicable. I have San Jose and Boardman. Not sure where those are, but thank you. And Toronto, Canada. (laughs) Toronto, Canada. Very surprising. Those are Toronto, Canada, top five. Top five locations. I mean, technically, viewership-wise, the States kind of wins. Kind of wins over Belgium. Um, Like, if we're talking about the total amount of listens. But then I also have quite a few people from Russia, I'm noticing. Oh my god. <laughs> There's actually a lot of people from Russia who listen to my podcast. 
Uh, it says a lot of Russian Federation. I have, I like looking at the analytics. It's so interesting. Philippines. Oh, hey, we got Philippines in here. Um, Mexico. Cool. Kenya. Interesting. Nairobi. Kenya. Venezuela. Colombia. There is Germany. Finally, <laughs> I got it right this time. Um, Italy, Ireland, United Kingdom. We've got some. Oh, I wonder who uh, that could be. There's <laughs> uh, actually three different locations for United Kingdom. So shout out to them if you're from the place. Uh, Morocco, Spain, Algeria, Nigeria. Lagos, A. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, Indonesia. Cool. Nepal. I have very limited listeners in East Asia, so it's, it's kind of fun looking at this. I know I'm on another tangent. I was supposed to end the podcast like 10 minutes ago. Uruguay. That's cool. Uruguay. Am I saying that right? Oh, another United Kingdom, actually. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Cool. Ireland. Oh, I'm so sorry to Ireland because I always try to do like the accent sometimes. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, maybe they're maybe they don't go on Twitch, so yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, thank you again for listening this far. If you um, stopped listening, uh, I guess you'll never hear this, but uh, I love my small audience. I want to get to know you guys more if you're comfortable with that. Thank you to the person. Also, I know I should probably shout this out at the beginning of the episode, but um, shout out to the person who left me a, a very kind message. I don't know what this thing is, to be honest. Um, it's called like, what is it called? Hold on. It's called, where is it? It's called uh, Value for Value. Uh, it's You can like give me boostograms or something like that. I don't know. And someone left me a very, very kind message on one of them. And I just really like it really. Uh, it really motivates me to keep going with the podcast. I can see it wants to go somewhere. I don't know how strong of a host I can be, but really like truly I'm so happy that it there it reaches some people and some people really send some kind things to me so you know we're a small uh, we're a small listening community but i i really i really hope that i'm helping some people at the end of the day so or at least you know hang out I, like yeah I, like you know i'm making you feel a little less lonely <laughs> all right bye-bye see you later alligator